You are listening to Sweats, Heels, and Mental Health Podcast with Twinning with Winning Women. This podcast is dedicated to everyday girls and women who are making a difference in their community as well as their homes. We bring you conversations about everyday life and life experiences, and we're here to inform and encourage you and empower you. Hello, hello. Welcome to Sweats, Heels, and Mental Health Podcast. Yes. I am one of your co-hosts, Maria Bush. And I am Marshawn Drawn. And today we are actually coming to you with um, some content and conversation um, just to kind of inform you all. As you know, we like to inform and empower. Um, today we're going to talk about safety, personal safety to reduce the risk um, for girls and women when it comes to sexual assault and date rape. Something very important that I think a conversation needs to be had. So we're just going to talk to you today and just have a conversation about it. Let's define like, because I know a lot of people don't we kind of try to define what date rape is or what sexual assault is. You know, everybody has their definition, but really date rape occurs when someone is sexually, you know, re- when someone is sexually uh, molested or someone is sexually violated right. um, with somebody, most likely a lot of times it's with somebody that you know. Right. So that's like the interesting thing. Um, but a lot of people are sexually assaulted. Um, they experience that, especially with teens in college. But different things of date rape or sexual assault as being a physical force um, of a person, and that can be vaginal or or anal sex. Mm-hmm. Someone threatening to harm you, someone that uses their authority position, like a teacher, religious leader, uh, police officer, counselor, coach, um, having sex with someone who can't make the decision to say yes or no, right. and that's that's so important. Um, or just violating someone with an object. That's another form of date rape. So, I mean, date rape is happening more common. Like we said, statistics um, that I know from the National Sexual National Sexual Violent Resource Center says that one in every five women and one in 71 men have been raped over their lifetime. Yes. So it's very, very common. And I think what you said earlier, Mashaan, I think we think about it as someone that's being forced against their will. No, it's not someone walking down the street with a short skirt. It's not someone that's asking for it, that appears to be asking for it. Those misconceptions. Right. You know, we definitely want to dive into that today just to inform you. So um, we know what now date rape is. Um, Those are a few statistics that we know. I mean... Right. Somebody's raped probably every 83 seconds, <laughs> if you're thinking about one in every five women. Nice. So, I mean, it's pretty common and it's happening. And a lot of times you don't hear about it. A lot of times the victim doesn't speak up about it. Mm-hmm. So it's it's occurring more and more than, we, than we're even knowing. So, Absolutely. And one thing we wanted to do today, we wanted to invite our uh, special guest today on the podcast, Um, His name is Lee Shepard. He is someone we've known for quite some time, but he is also a professional. He is also a father. Lee, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. This is so cool. I definitely appreciate you all inviting me to this prestigious podcast. 
for you beautiful ladies. I am a graduate from Missouri Western, then uh, got my master's at Pepperdine School of Law. I currently am in the legal field for Circuit Court of Jackson County. And I like dealing with youth. Uh, in that in that aspect, I try to uh, keep well diverse um, with the law regarding juvenile law, juvenile and family law. I'm married with four kids, two girls, two boys. <laughs> um, I, I believe my oldest is in high school now. My youngest is seven. So um, yeah. I, I, I truly understand that uh, wariness of the father of having two girls and you all are speaking about <laughs> sexual assaults and rape. And that's, uh, that's very important, but also very scary as a father. Yes, it is. It is. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's one of those things where as a, I know you can speak better to this, where you are wanting to protect your children, but at the same time, you can't keep them in a bubble. And so a lot of times we have to focus on teaching our children about personal safety, how to be aware of their surroundings. So what are some things that you possibly have already told your children or you may have heard growing up in your family on some tips on how to protect yourself? Well, for my son, since he is in high school, I wanted to inform him that, hey, no means no. I don't care uh, if there is you know, penetration and everybody's okay and she is saying yes, yes, up to that point and she says no, no mm -hmm. means no. I don't care what phase it is. I don't care what happens and no does not mean yes. Yeah. yeah. And I don't, I don't, I don't believe in well, I didn't understand if when she said no, I didn't really understand if that was a yes or no. No means no. And after getting that through, I also have to let him know that even though she can consent and say, yes, I want to do this. I want him to understand that she is not of the age because hopefully he's hanging out with a girl his age. Right. So right. <laughs> hopefully no older woman. But yeah. <laughs> but also to know that you know, she's not old enough to consent sexually anyway. Mm -hmm. That is up to the parents. Mm -hmm. And so I have to, he has to realize that even though she says yes and everything is consensual from you two, from those two, the parent can still say, no, I don't agree to that. And I want to file charges against him for sexually assaulting my daughter. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I, I like I like that because a lot of times we talk about women and how we prepare girls, but preparing men or boys, you know, to and on that opposite side to say, hey, when she says no, it means no. Protect yourself. You know, I like that. Right. Yes. And then not only that, but for my daughters, I think I think they're still kind of young, so I can't they're not there yet. But. Mm -hmm. What I've tried to speak to them about on their level is that, hey, if you feel uncomfortable, mm -hmm. if somebody makes you feel uncomfortable where you like, I don't think this is right, then you need to tell me. 
Uh, that's 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 how I look at it for them because they're such at a young age. So I say, hey, if you don't feel comfortable or you feel as if something doesn't feel right, mm -hmm. it's okay, and you need to tell me, and I make sure that they know no matter what, yeah. it's never their fault. I don't care what they say. Yeah. You know, I hear all the time. You, if you say something, you're going to get in trouble. Somebody's going to look down at you. Mm -hmm. And so I keep reinforcing that you're not in trouble if you talk to daddy. You're not in trouble if you talk to mom. And yeah. if you don't feel comfortable talking to me, you need to talk to your grandparents. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Because mental health, during that development stage, parents are really have to encourage their children to have, um, to trust themselves, to have confidence. And in that, mm -hmm if they have a situation where they don't feel comfortable, yet they trust their instinct versus if they're being, you know, put down in the home, you know, they don't trust or have confidence in themselves or being able to make decisions at a whim. But I'm glad to hear that you guys are encouraging your, your children to trust that their instincts. That's awesome. When you're younger, you're told if someone has a crush on you, and they hit you or do something to you that <laughs> means they think, you know, just to think that they have a crush on you. But that's something that is not <laughs> accurate. It could possibly fuel that mentality of it's okay for someone to cross boundaries and to enter my bubble space or my personal space, even when I don't want them to. Is that something you and your wife teach your children, Lee? Yes, I do. I don't. For me, when I growing up, if I didn't like you, I didn't like you. Uh, but for hearing <laughs> other hearing other folks say that, hey, you you're doing or you being agnostic or you are really trying to get that other person's attention, no matter if it's good or bad, you just want their attention. Mm -hmm. That it's sometimes, in some way, it's okay. And I don't mm -hmm. I don't agree with that. And I talk to my I talk to my daughters about that. Say, hey, if somebody is is touching you or making you feel uncomfortable, you need mm -hmm. to tell somebody. And yeah. you should also start with the teacher because if it happens at school, of course you you start with the teacher. But also talk to me too when you get home. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I don't want to be that parent to say, hey, you know, this has been going on for a month. And I'm like, what? I didn't I didn't know this has been going on. So mm -hmm. I always talk to them like, hey, what's going on throughout your day? Every day it's a routine. So they'll know that it's OK to talk to me, mm -hmm. but also know that it's not OK for someone to ever make you feel uncomfortable. I don't care mm -hmm. if they like you or not. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah, Because if you hit me, you getting choked. <laughs> so, yeah, and, and and a man can take that how he wants, but don't touch me. Well, well, you know that you know you basically you know you protecting yourself. You protecting yourself. That's, right. That's okay. So I understand that. I understand that. But for a man, I for me as a man or or even a male in general, mm -hmm. I don't think there should be any reason for a man to put their hands on a woman. At all. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, if you got an issue, you can talk to them. If it's not working, you can always have a female cousin talk to them or a female friend talk to them. But it should yeah. never get to the point where a man has to 
put his hands on a woman. I don't care what the situation is. I think it's important for them to to know that as well, that sometimes people will try to manipulate, like my Sean was saying earlier, teachers, coaches, um, mm-hmm. try to threaten, um, threaten you in any kind of way. Um, and so it's important, like you said, Lee, is to oh, have that open dialogue or communication, be proactive in, in having that line of communication before anything like that was to happen. Absolutely. I think it's also important for, for parents. I don't know if you all have seen this or experienced this from yourselves, but when a family member or a friend mm-hmm. comes to visit your kids and they're saying, hey, mm-hmm. how are you? And then you are forcing your kid to acknowledge them, say, hey, say hi to such and such, give such and such a hug. Mm-hmm. It's okay. And for me, I don't do that for my kids. I say, hey, yeah. this is such and such. And they'll say, hey, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. But if my kid does not want to hug you or doesn't want to shake your hand, mm-hmm. I am not forcing my kid to do that. Yeah. Now that's different. I know. I know that's totally different from other folks. Right. Some folks are like that's a you know that's a sign of disrespect. That's but for mm-hmm. me, I want them mm-hmm. to know that it's your choice your if you choice. want if you want to do that. I mean, it's not my choice. It's your choice. Yes. I mean, I was like that growing up. <laughs> By <laughs> sure. Yes. Yes. You were. <laughs> like. I looked with an eye and I did not shake it. With a side eye. Yes, thank God. But I I definitely agree with that. Not, like I said, not forcing our children to make those type of decisions and letting them know that they have a choice. Yeah. And that starts off early too. If you're making your child acknowledge somebody, they Mm kind of lose that that connection with you as the parent. So it kind of puts a damper on that trust that they have with you to be able to come talk to you when they become a teenager or adult or even a young one about stuff that's going on or what's happening because they're like, they made me hug them. They make me mm-hmm. acknowledge them. You know, it, it does something. So, yeah, that's good. And I think that goes into another point is as parents paying attention to your children. If like you said, they're not saying anything, but you know your child mm-hmm. and they're getting uncomfortable. They're looking like they're um, uneasy around someone or you're trying to drop them off at someone's home and they're scared and screaming. There's a reason. And not to just write it off as, oh, they'll be all right. Or maybe they're just tired. No, those are red flags. And that's what we have to be more attentive and and delve into with our children. If they're young kids, like a two-year-old, then maybe they can't articulate themselves. Still, try to find out what's going on. You are so correct. And I don't know if it's just me because of the profession that I'm in. Mm -hmm. And I I think I see the bad of everybody. Basically, I see everybody's bad day every day. And so because of that, I am very protective of my kids. So I don't let my kids spend a night over everybody's house or people come over my house. I mean, I'm fine with you coming over my house. But you're not going over everybody else's house. It's only Mm -hmm. a select few that I allow my kids to do that with. And I know I probably just super anal, but that's just, you know, I'm not saying this is bad for other folks to do that uh, because I don't know. Everybody has different situations. Mm -hmm. But like you said, Maria, I think it is very important for you to really 
see your kids and have that communication with your kids. Uh, no matter what, if something happens, you are the parent. You are supposed to be the one that fight and protect them because mm-hmm. sometimes they can't protect themselves. Right. So you have to do it for them. So yeah. uh, that's how I do it. So absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, I'm the same way, Lee. I um, my son is a sophomore in high school now, and I know even when he was younger, I and if he did spend the night somewhere, it's a select few. But yeah. best believe, guess what? I'm going in the house. I'm yeah. introducing myself. <laughs> yeah. and, and, then, and a lot of these, and you know what was interesting? He was a eighth grader, I think, and, you know, hanging out, letting go over his homeboy's house. I went to the door, met the mom. I've met the dad. I've been to their house. They've been to my house. We've conversated. And I go shake your hand and I say, hey, I'm Marshawn. I, you know, I'm Jeremiah, my son's mom, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, that some parents aren't used to that. And then one parent told me, oh, Yes, because she said most of these parents, girl, they just drop their kids off mm-hmm. and go. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. I want to know where are you going, who you with, what the parents like. I'm, and I want the parents to know he's the wrong one. Right. That, this ain't <laughs> right. the kid because I'm involved. Right. Yes. And you're going to see my face. Just know you're going to get choked <laughs> out. This ain't the kid you want to do that with. I mean, so I think that's very important. I, and I'm a, I'm anal for sure on that. And I think a lot of parents should be, but different parenting styles, different um, right. to each its own. But I think safety is more important being the one you fight for that kid and you let these other people know this one ain't the one. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. Absolutely. I think I think about, you know, teaching our children more about personal safety instead of being nice. Like you said, yeah. Um, just trying to be respectful in, in whatever is respectful remains to that person, but teaching them that they do have a choice and they do have a right, that their body is their own. It doesn't belong to anyone else. Mm-hmm. There's ways to reduce um, the risk of being a victim. It doesn't matter what you dress like. It doesn't matter if you run down the street naked. No one has the right to touch you or violate you. Right. A lot of people are guilty of this. Oh, she dresses a certain way. She hangs out at that place. She's got pictures on social media and on these little dark websites. And she's on there talking like this and doing that. I don't care what you're doing. It does not give you the right to violate me. And a lot of times when victims are violated, they don't speak up because of that that backlash you need to uplift these women because we all they're going through a process i believe that also i had a situation where there was a guy who was dating a young lady Mm -hmm. and they were at a party and she became very intoxicated Mm -hmm. and he was talking to her and he knew she was very intoxicated Mm-hmm. And she he was like, hey, you want to do something? And she was like, yeah, whatever, you know. And he pursued to sexually assault her. And when she woke up, she was like, oh, my gosh, I did not know that happened. Mm-hmm. And she felt as if he assaulted her. And he was like, hey, mm-hmm. no, you consented to that. Mm-hmm. And so those are the things that you have to realize that when you talk about safety, you have to be aware of yeah. um, where you are and who you're with. And I try to tell um, my nieces and nephews that as well. When you drink, when you're at that age to do so, 
you have to be able to have somebody there with you that you yes. know cares for your well-being and that will protect you for those type of situations because unfortunately that type of scenario happens way more than it yeah. should yes so i would say definitely just if if you are doing that and hanging out and you're drinking you have to be able to drink with somebody who you feel Mm-hmm. is trustworthy and will have your your best interest at heart if you do um, get intoxicated. And, and it couldn't be by choice. It could be like somebody put something in your drink. Mm-hmm. I see that, ha- hear that happen all the time. Look at, I hate to say it, uh, Bill Cosby. He did that a few times. Right. Not saying it's mm-hmm. right, uh, but right. that was at that time, people mm-hmm. have done that. And so you have to be be aware of, of those type of situations. And I, I really That's like what you said, that that's um, something me and Marshawn was taught growing up is that you don't leave your drink on the table <laughs> if you're in a public setting. You okay. take it with you or you the company that you have with you that you can trust, like you said, Lee, will watch over your drink while you go to the restroom. Um, or if not, you bring it with you. If you're at a house party or some type of party, there's a punch bowl. Don't drink from oh, yeah. it. Don't do it. Because <laughs> you don't you know. Bring that shot with you and take it out your purse. <laughs> <laughs> don't drink from yeah. <laughs> Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's serious. I mean, that's a big thing. Drinks, you drug, getting drugged. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's sad because, like you said, that is a very, very common. But even then, a, a person that does not have the ability to make a decision to say yes or no. Because they're intoxicated or drunk, no means no. Or, uh uh-huh, you know they drunk, you know it. Don't violate the person. But um, definitely, I agree. Don't leave your drink. Take it with you. If you've left it, leave it. Get a new one. Mm -hmm. Homeboy will buy you another one. Watch him when he at the bar with him. Don't let him bring it to you Um, or her. I think also self. I think learning self defense is good too. Learn how to kickbox karate and stuff or just learn how to fist fight a lot of us know how to do that learn self-defense i think i think that's very good for teens period that's just good this is the good thing skill to have with you anyway i think one thing we learned too growing up Marshawn, was if you're in a parking lot have your keys out before you even get outside if you're coming from walmart you know walmart has a large parking lot or any type Mm -hmm. of uh, parking lot and it's at night Take your keys, put it in between your two fingers, that middle finger, mm-hmm. and yep. have it as a weapon. Um, a weapon. And just being aware of your surroundings. And while you're walking outside, I think it's really important you walk as if you're confident about your surroundings yeah. and you're aware because people tend to target women that don't look like they know where they're at um, or look lost. And so it's important to carry yourself as if you know your surroundings. Yeah, I think that's also know. important, Marie. For guys, has to be aware of their surroundings too. If a if a guy puts himself in a situation yes. where he know he yes. hasn't done anything, yes. but it could have been prevented, and he's in the same room as another another lady, mm-hmm. and another lady is saying, "Hey, this kid is a future NBA star, mm-hmm. or he's the the popular high school kid." Yes. I like him, so I'm going to try to kiss him. And he's like, hey, I don't want to push up on you. Mm-hmm. She gets embarrassed. I'm like, well, he raped me. 
Yeah, and it didn't come out like that. But I think guys has to also be aware of their situations and, you know, put yourself in a safe environment for not only the guy, but for the female also. Does that make sense? Yeah, Yeah, that's good. And that's and that's boys to men. I mean, Mm -hmm. in the corporate and, you know, coaches, teachers is just watching yourself. Absolutely. Don't get rides, people. I mean, you know, catching a <laughs> ride with somebody you don't know. I mean, and that's kind of hard to say now because we all Uber in and listen. Yeah. It's interesting. But I mean, if you're if you're going out and you're and you're a person by yourself, male or female, because we rape the men and women. I mean, it doesn't matter. Definitely just I mean, don't don't get a ride by yourself, really, especially at night during the day period, if you can try to avoid that, just don't take rides with people you don't know. And I know it's hard with the way society is now and the jobs that are offered with Lyft and stuff, but just, hey, go out as a group. Mm-hmm. Try, try to be in well-lit public areas. You can ride in an Uber with people. I mean, that's that's great. But just try to avoid riding by yourself or riding with people you don't know, because that's an easy, quick way too. Yeah, and I think too, when you mentioned cars, I think it's important is having your car gassed up. <laughs> yeah. You know, so you won't be stranded in the middle of nowhere or on your way by yourself on the side of the road. Um, that's another personal safety tip. Always keep enough gas in your car, at least a half a tank, if you can. Definitely. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Another thing, too, I think, uh, as far as with teenagers, um, because a lot of victims in that too is just like knowing what kind of relationship you know that you want. Um, what do what do you want from the relationship? And avoid people who are trying to pressure you or do more or want more than what you want. So I think um, teens, that's a good that's that's a way to reduce it. Just know what kind of relationship you want, what you're looking for, and try to avoid people who are trying to pressure you or do or want more than what you want especially when it comes to sex, oral, anal. Um, I mean, even kissing and touching. I mean, sometimes you ain't ready for that. You don't want to do that, but they are, you know, don't do it. A lot of older, um, younger, a lot of teens that they older women or men, they're, they've been there and done that. They've experienced their experience. And that's what they kind of, they expecting. And a teen is not ready for that, you know? So learn, I think teens should know what kind of relationship they want, friendship, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, but just know what are you ready for in the relationship. And that goes back to, you know, when you're a young teen and these kids out here dating my boyfriend, my girlfriend, parents being involved, come over to the house and eat dinner. You know, let me check out this kid and let them know you ain't the kid to miss with. Absolutely. So, yeah. Absolutely. Keeping a tab on all your children's friends. Who are they talking to? Absolutely. And they should have a phone. Oh man, give these kids should have a phone and there's nothing wrong with the locator. Um, but so if they ever are in trouble, they can pick up that phone. If, you know, if they got it and they're able to, they can call 911, they can call you. Mm-hmm. They can have a code to text. I mean, something, anything that can help us get to them quicker before it happens. Yeah, you, you, you know, know that so. app, um, the, I think it's called Life360, where you can actually, yeah. it's like a tracker on your phone and you can create a group, a family group, and everybody yeah. can get tabs on everybody where you're located at any given moment. 
And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, and we need to teach our, our kids and our teens that, hey, it's I'm not trying to, one, you ain't that grown yet, but two, you can have your little privacy, but safety is important. You know, I ain't going to be checking this app every day, like what you're doing, but Right. This is for safety, so we can anything happens. Period. Mm-hmm. We can get to you. We know where you are. And also, if I could put in just a little extra, if you, if a woman was to ever get, God forbid, sexually assaulted, mm-hmm. the first thing I believe women would like to do is get in the shower mm-hmm. and you know and try to clear, you know, get rid of all that stuff. And mm-hmm. I would say that that is totally. Uh, understandable. Mm -hmm. Um, However, I would tell you, Stressly, it's very important for you to go straight to the hospital, uh, get a safe exam. Uh, That is something that can help you in regards to prosecution Mm -hmm. if you choose to do so. Uh, But also, it also helps out with STDs Mm -hmm. and other things. So I would strongly uh, recommend that if that ever happens, don't jump straight into the shower. Yes. Go straight to the hospital as well as keeping the same clothes that yes. you had and yes. take those with you. Put them in a bag if possible, but mm-hmm. do not wash them. Yes. One last thing, because I know a lot of victims, when you, like we said, God forbid, but victims of rape experience um, mental and emotional reactions to that. It can Man, it can affect you in ways that that's unbelievable. I know people personally that have been victims, you know, when they were younger and now they've grown up with mental, you know, you, you have mental and stress post-traumatic disorders. Right. And one thing I say is seek counseling. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. Talk to somebody, seek counseling, find ways to cope um, mm-hmm. and move forward with it or maybe help others that may be going through it because a lot of people experience a lot of stress Mm-hmm. Um, you can eat excessively, become overweight, which mm-hmm. ca- causes a problem with your health, mm-hmm. um, mental health. You're stressed. You got post-traumatic. You're paranoid. You don't trust anyone. It's hard to have a relationship. Um, some people get victimized so bad they can't have kids. I mean, it's a lot of different things that can kind of go along with that aftermath. So counseling mm-hmm. for the negative feelings that you're probably experiencing um, is Find a therapist. There's a counselor. Maria Bush is a counselor. Um, When you call that hotline, they can get a counselor. Just call, talk to somebody, get the counseling and get the help. Don't feel ashamed. You're not the only one. There are people out there for you and you're not alone. Absolutely. And a lot of times the um, if you call that number, you may think I need to have money or have insurance. But a lot of places um, like domestic violence and sexual assault centers, they provide free counseling mm-hmm. to victims. And so there is help, like Marshawn stated, and there is not a expiration on how long you need to experience these mental or psychological impact of rape. Um, it could last a lifetime, um, but there is hope. As long as you can you know, get the healing and go through counseling, there is hope and you will get through it. I just chime in to say, if you were to any lady or male was to ever get sexually assaulted, Mm -hmm. I want to personally say it is not your fault. Yes, it is not your fault. I don't care if whatever the situation is, you did not deserve that. Mm -hmm. 
Yes. And if 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 anybody says differently, mm-hmm. they are wrong. Yes. Nobody deserves to get enter into your space without your yes. permission. Absolutely. Well, I definitely love the fact that we've covered so much and provided so much information. I definitely wanted to make sure our listeners had resources. There is the National Sexual Assault Hotline that if you know anyone or yourself has experienced or are experiencing sexual assault, that you can call them 24 hours, seven days a week, and they will get you the resources and get you to the right person that's in your local community for assistance. Um, That number is 1-800-656-4673. Again, it's 1-800-656-4673. Before we go, you know, there's one thing that me and Marshawn have implemented is the woman of the week. And the person that we have nominated for this week, her name is Angel Creasy. She is a woman, a mother. She is a a creative artist. She is a woman that supports other women. She will give the shirt off her back. She is a teacher and she is a volleyball mom, but she's doing the darn thing. And today we salute you, we honor you, Angel Creasy. We love you and we celebrate you. Keep winning. Keep winning, Angel Girl. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this has been another episode of Sweats, Heels, and Mental Health with Twinning with Winning Women. Again, thank you so much, Lee, for being here. Thank you. It's my honor. Thank you for inviting me. This has been so much fun. Until next time, good people.